This is Karen Hunter, and welcome to The Hub. This podcast is brought to you by NetSuite. NetSuite by Oracle. Listen, if you have a business and you have one system for sales, another system for inventory, another system for HR, you're all over the place. And it usually will cost you a lot of time and money to have that many systems. Well, here you go. NetSuite by Oracle, the business management software that handles every aspect of business in an easy cloud platform. It is your one-stop shop for everything from sales to inventory to HR, anything you need, NetSuite by Oracle, they have you covered. And right now it's the number one actually cloud-based business system. And you can go to netsuite.com slash Karen, netsuite netsuite.com slash Karen, and you can get the free guide, Seven Key Strategies to Grow Your Profits at netsuite.com slash Karen. Download the free guide, Seven Key Strategies to Grow Your Profits, netsuite.com slash Karen. Every day we are really trying to make you healthy, wealthy, and wise, giving you seeds to build the life that you imagine. So a couple weeks ago, I found my way down the Jersey Turnpike, in my mind, I thought it was around the corner, but 40 minutes later, I'm in a place <laughs> called Somerset. I'm thinking, I'm thinking it's Summit. Mm, no, 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 no. No, it's not Summit. No. So I had an appointment, but I was like 30 minutes late. I apologize for that, but the experience was life changing. And I'm, I left there thinking, why doesn't everyone know about DeForest stories and the work that he's done in one community to completely flip and change a life? So I'm happy that he's on our, our, I didn't even know. He's on our platform. He's on Urban View every Sunday morning. You can hear him. He kicks off the lineup. He's the, he's the, the, the opening act. But what this man is doing for people and their money and their lives is just powerful to me. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Caster DeForestories. Thank you for having me. Yes. Thank you. Whenever I'm on your show, I get more responses than I do when I'm on CNN. And that's well, the truth. We have better ratings. All right. Oh, is it a sin to be shady? I just need to know. Am I going to hell for that? I don't think so. But um, I think God has a good sense of humor. I'm not going to let you answer that just in case the answer is yes. Uh, Because I can't stop being shady. I think I need to go to Shady Anonymous. Shady Anonymous. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. I might need some help. All right. So you're you're welcome. (laughs) Tell me me something. You know, as you were driving me around um, the former former neighborhood. Right. uh, Before you got there uh, and showing me the places. I was asking you about the vision that you had when you you were telling me you you would pull up on Sunday and have like bullet shells in your parking space. Right. How did you know you could make a difference? I knew I could make a difference because first of all, there were already people there in the neighborhood who really wanted something better and who were doing their best as they were capable of doing to make life better. There was Lulu who would just snatch children and say, you ought to be in school. There was Dickie, Hemingway, who was a former drug addict who took time out of his schedule to warn kids against being on drugs. So you had this network of local activists who were not church members, but they were the ones who were really holding things together, Mm -hmm. getting kids motivated, holding people accountable. And what I said was, if they, with no resources, no institutional backing, no political clout, can do what they're doing, then shame on me if I don't leverage what we have give it to them, and they can make even a larger difference. Take it to scale. So I knew that. Two, I knew that black churches historically 
have a legacy and a history of making things happen even when the Supreme Court, the White House, and Congress was against them. That's our heritage. That's what being a black church means. It's more than shouting and singing and sweating on Sunday, but it's making an impact socially, economically, politically, culturally. And furthermore, I went to college. I have an education. I've got degrees, and I have access to the larger community of uh, economic and political leaders, and I have to use that. The Bible says, to whom much is given, much is required. And so I made a decision that I wanted to be in a church that wanted to leverage its spiritual resources to make a social impact. My congregation absolutely agreed. And what you saw was the outcome. Oh, my God. I have never I've never had an experience like that before. And I've been to a lot of churches and I've been around a lot of pastors. And I can honestly say, and one of the things I've been disillusioned because I was like, where did the black church lose its way? You know, when did we become the church of, you know, not getting stuff done or not being central to, you know, we see Reverend William Barber out there, of course, doing mm-hmm. that work, doing God's work with the Poor People's Campaign and picking up the mantle from Martin Luther King's push. But every day, you know, everyday lives, there's churches on every corner in some neighborhoods and the neighborhoods look like crap. What you showed me, I went to a project, Sylvia, Project Village. Let me just say, it looked like Wisteria Lane. When he told me these are low income, people have to be, you know, at this, I was like, I could move in there. And he said, no, you can't, you make too much money. But I'm talking about flowers and trees and just literally like Wisteria Lane from Desperate, mm-hmm. you know, remember that? Yeah, I remember. Mm-hmm. And I said, how did you, and t- please tell that story because that I've never seen a well, project look like that. Well, there was public housing behind my church where many of my members lived. It was the worst public housing I had seen since having visited Soweto right after Mr. Mandela was released from jail. I mean, it was horrible. I had seen the citizens whose toilets had been removed from their apartments and not replaced for six months in Somerset, New Jersey, what the fourth it? wealthiest county in America. That. Right behind my church. What, so they just and, go and to the bathroom in a hole? So, so here's what happened. What, what happens is we, we expect the black preacher and black churches to be activists. And so I, I did my activist thing. I'm trained to be an activist. And to be an activist means to advocate on behalf of those people to the people that made the decisions. They basically laughed me out of the room. When so I you went to, to the them, housing authority and you said, and hey, I've I went to the senior citizens going to the bathroom I, without I a offered, toilet. I offered to buy it. Said, if you won't fix it up, we'll fix it up. And they ignored my my offer. And so we did political activism. We registered people to vote. We elected one of my members to be mayor. She appointed two of my deacons to take over the commission. We hired one of my ushers to be the executive director. We tore the thing down, built new housing, and did it without any displacement and no gentrification. It's beautiful. And to the people who are living, because it has to do something to your psyche to pull into a place where everything is pristine and clean. And I mean, the landscaping alone, because, right. you know, curb appeal is everything. Right. Every one of the units, everything is nothing is in disrepair. Right. And we drove through it to the other side. There's a park across the street. Pastel uh, colors. Yeah. And, and ample parking. All of this happened because we not only were activists, but we became developers. And a part of what I think we have to understand is that we could we could protest our way out of the 60s, mm-hmm. but we've got to develop our way into the 21st century. We've got to own property, develop our own land. Otherwise, gentrification is invited to our neighborhoods if we don't control the land. Come on. 
Well, I, I think what's so poignant about what you're saying is you learned the rules, too. You didn't just go in there. You said they left you out of the room, but you knew the rules. You knew how to play the game. One of the chapters in your book, I believe it may be chapter eight in Say Yes to No Debt, where you talk about being in high school and running for office, but hadn't played the game, right. hadn't registered properly. And so you actually lost that election. So you learned very early on on how these games are structured and play by the rules by learning how to play their game. You got to learn whatever system you're in. Yeah. That's the point. We live in an, econ- in an economy that is capitalist. We have to learn how to win in a capitalist system. We live in a democracy. We have to learn how to take advantage of democratic tools and institutions. And unless we do that, then we will embrace anger as a strategy. Right. Anger is not mm-hmm. a strategy. Right. Anger right. is an emotion. Oh my goodness. Once you get angry, you got to figure out a strategy to address that which made you angry. Oh, 866-801-8255. I, I left so full, and I already liked you as a person, but the respect just went, I mean... Well, thank you. No, because, you know, there is a blueprint to this, and, you know, we are living in some strange times, but we're not without resources, and we're not without ways in which we can combat this. And I've been saying this, but then to see it, to, to know that you can build Black Wall Street yeah. today, wherever you are, when you took me to the field that used to be a field where drug dealers used to hang out and bodies used to be thrown, right. that's now, like, beautiful. When you took me to your 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 church, which used to be 17 little houses that now is this gorgeous, beautiful church, and you did not displace people uh, for less than what, you know, exactly. people got, got more than what they could even ask for. We to- paid all all of those families more than the house was worth to protect them from the church causing their cost of living to go up. Now, it took, Karen, as I told you, it took three and a half to four years to create the plan. You can't just jump out there. But you have to have a plan. And we not only had a vision, unfortunately, a lot of black leaders have this Moses image where we talk to God and God gives us a vision and everybody else we drag along. <laughs> our, our plan was interactive. Our whole church developed that plan. And then we went to the neighborhood to ask the old ladies in the neighborhood and, and, and the grandmothers raising their children in the neighborhood and the business owners, what is your vision for your neighborhood? And let's do it together. So we spent three and a half years planning before we ever bought a building or laid a brick. And I think um, what, what you should know, Karen, you inspired me to make a decision that day. Because every time people come and do the tour, as you did, they say, well, why don't you write a book? Well, everybody's not looking for books like that. So what we're going to do with, with my staff's help, this great team, we're going to create an online course going step-by-step, step, um, development by development, project by project, showing them how we did it and the tools Thank you. that they can use to do it wherever they are. The principles are transferable, whether That's you live in I Louisiana, was... Mississippi, right. or Harlem. The tools are, anyone who uses the tools will get the same outcome. That we don't control our own neighborhood should be uh, an abomination. Like when when he went to the housing authority um, and they were laughing at him, he was like, oh, okay, when's the next mayoral? Okay, we got, because you you know, like just a small, tiny percentage of people show up to vote. Exactly. And you have a whole church. Exactly. And so let's run a member. And we're going to make sure we register people. And bye-bye, Mayor. So you don't want to listen to us. So this is what happens. Simple as that. Listen, we didn't like what the schools were doing. There are nine members on the school board in our city. And five were members of my church. And this podcast is brought to you by FabFitFun.com. FabFitFun.com. 
Fabulousfabulousfabulousfabulousfabulousfabulousfabulousfabulousfabulousfabulousfabulousfabulousfabulousfabulousfabulousfabulousfabulousfabulousfabulousfabulousfabulousfabulousfabulousfabulousfabul
Yeah, I was when, spending time with you because we, 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 it's always a drive-by, you know, we'll hit for a minute and then you're doing this and I'm, you know, constantly moving. And I realized, and I was like, Buster Stories needs to be a household name, but the reason why he's not is because he's working. You you don't have time to go out you and promote and, do, and I'm on this show and I'm doing this and I'm doing that. If you're actually rolling up your sleeves and getting busy... So I, you know, I just want to applaud you for that. And if I, whatever I can do to magnify this message, I'm going to do well, it. Well, you're doing it. Well, you're I'm just saying, it, like, but we have, we need more of you. Um, say yes to no debt. If you're a young preacher out there and you think you're going to come into a community, whether it's you know Newark or what have you, like, come with this. Mm-hmm. If you're not coming with this attitude, what's your point? Yeah. Yeah, the program is great. I actually went and got certified for the program, and we teach it. Right. At, at, we right. teach it you at our church. Me. Yeah, and then we actually are trying to adopt. They just they've just asked me to run a program for the teenagers in the in this. Good. In the we church. have a book coming out. I that know. You can use. We talked about. I think it. it's next week. Do you have another book? Oh, we have okay. D free for teens. Okay. We have D free for I senior citizens. That. We've got okay. D free for entrepreneurs. We've got we, we've got these supplements to the curriculum tailored to specific demographics and interest groups one of the one of the things that i did with my son because chase is actually running a program and that's one of the banks that we bank with um they're running a program for teens where they're bringing them in now to sit and have to the branches right to the branches yeah the to, person who created to have a that cocktail program evening, to have a cocktail evening with parents member of my church uh, that's incredible <laughs> seriously i'm not she surprised yeah incredible incredible she knows all about d free she was under my teaching and preaching she moved to New York when she got a promotion. But the, the, I think it's so wonderful. They, I, literally, I just signed my son up for this on Monday because we, when we, I was so impressed by him when we opened up his high school checking account. And we had the conversation because he worked this summer. He had his first job. He worked this summer. And he was asking a question about his money and, 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 and banking principles and, and spending and how much this costs and fees and that kind of thing. And I was just thinking to myself, the kids so often do not find that information out until they went to college, until they go to college or until they're over 18, right. like so many do. And by that point, they are already moving into the space of debt. They're right. already tacking on fees. They don't understand how the banking system works and they get themselves caught up very early on. It's incredible that you would establish a program like that for the kids and teens so we can start to teach them. Well, I waited too long. I waited too long to wake up. I waited too long to start saving. I waited too long to stop using credit cards to support a lifestyle that I didn't need. I waited too long, and uh, thank God I've been able to catch up because of what I've learned. My passion is to help younger people to get it early because the earlier you get it, the quicker you'll not need it. <laughs> we don't talk about it at our dinner tables, no, though, and I think all. it's so important because yeah. a lot of a lot of other communities do. Yeah, because they understand what legacy building is all about. Eight six six eight zero one eight two five five. We've tweeted out the link to the new book. Uh, Say yes to no debt. Twelve steps to financial freedom. That's not the new book. That's okay. That's the old book. What's the new book? The one say, say yes, yes when life says no. Oh. Say yes when life says no is the new book that came out in July. Sorry about that. Say yes when life says what is what's the, what's the difference? What what's what's the well, theme? Well, say of the yes uh, when life says no is about life itself. The no debt book is around finances, but I was diagnosed with cancer in 2010, best year of my life except that. And I went to the scripture for inspiration and the reminder that Jesus could heal. And I went to John chapter 9 where Jesus healed a blind man and the blind man did more for me than Jesus did <laughs> because the blind man, by what he did that day that he was healed, he became my role model. So much so in the book, I actually called him Mr. Blind Man. 
<laughs> and the first thing that, that really got me, you know, when the doctor said, you have cancer, I didn't, I didn't think I'd live. I didn't want to talk to anybody. I didn't want to go to church. I didn't want to see anybody. I, you know, you just kind of fold up right. when stuff happens to you. But in the, in the Bible, it says that Jesus was just walking along and he saw a man born blind. I said, wait a minute, what was the man doing outside? If you wake up blind and have never seen, why don't you just stay in bed, lock the doors? Well, it occurred to me that this man, although he was blind, decided, well, I'm blind, I'm but I'm only blind. But I can do, I can feel, I can talk, I can walk. And the fact that he was outside at all meant that he was willing to go somewhere in order to be positioned to see Jesus. And I think sometimes we're waiting for God to deliver room service to us. Mm. You know, we're people of faith that want our blessings to come down through the windows of heaven. But we got to get up and go somewhere. Every miracle Jesus performed involved some human activity. And so that chapter inspired me to tell people to not care about what people thought, to not worry about doing what no one else had ever done. And and so I decided that I was going to say yes to life, even though cancer was trying to say no. Then I look back at my life. My sixth grade teacher said, you'll never finish high school unless you go to jail. That was a no. But my grandmother had already said, you're somebody. That was a yes. And everybody in life is going to have a no moment. You won't get a job. You won't get funding for a business. Something will happen. You'll get a divorce or you'll get rejected by friends. And this book teaches people that it's not only possible but preferable to say yes when any no shows up in your life. And it not only tells you my story but the blind man's story and gives you some clues as to how you can say yes no matter what life says no to you about. Love you. Monty in Michigan. Monty in Michigan has a question for you, Dr. DeForest Sories. Hey, Monty. Well, I just want to make... Hey, hey, how are you? Good. I just want to make a comment. Kudos to the pastor for Thank doing um, this for for the community in his church. And, and this is the type of church that, you know, I've been looking for um, somewhere that's not just, you know, we're building mega churches, but not doing necessarily things for developing the community. You know, we have a lot of, you know, 20, 30 million dollars churches in my community. But the community is still looking the way it's looking. So I just want to give kudos out to the pastor for doing and coming up with a plan, you know, to buy the block, buy, you know, buy the block back and actually, you know, put people in position as well. The members, instead of the pastors running for the office, you know, using mm-hmm. the power of the church, because, you know, I see a lot of that in my area where, you know, you're going from being a minister to now you want to be the mayor. No, have more influence with the member who, you know, who's in there that, you know, that you can run and, you know, get the people out that needs to be, you know, taken out. You know, the, the meaning of the word pastor, and thank you for your kind remarks, the meaning of the word pastor in Latin is shepherd, and pastors are shepherds. And I think a lot of pastors forget that shepherds are hired to take care of the sheep. The sheep aren't supposed to take care of the shepherd. Mm. And then we've gotten this backwards where now, Lord. you know, pastors are basically teaching people too often that you make the pastor rich and God will make you rich. But that's not what shepherds do. Shepherds feed the sheep and God takes care of the shepherd. And so I, that's not my idea. And, and Jesus told his disciples that when they get the Holy Ghost, they're not going to sing, shout and raise money. They're going to be witnesses right there in Jerusalem. And Jerusalem is the neighborhood. And if the church in a neighborhood 
does not give people as much hope and joy and power as Jesus did, then it's not really a church. It's just a singing station on Sunday morning. Let me tell you, it's not just a block either in Somerset. It's a whole thing. You even have a senior citizen building with your name on it. It's beautiful. I mean, it's like there's a school I'm, and there's new structures, businesses. There's, you know, you can feel something happening. And it's one person with a vision that galvanized the whole church to do something about a community that was dying. Well, we had to say yes. The neighborhood was the poorest, most violent neighborhood in central Jersey. One block south of Rutgers and Johnson & Johnson World Headquarters. And that's what the book is about. We had to say yes, in spite of the fact that all of our socioeconomic conditions were saying no. This podcast is brought to you by NetSuite. NetSuite by Oracle. Listen, if you have a business and you have one system for sales, another system for inventory, another system for HR, you're all over the place. And it usually will cost you a lot of time and money to have that many systems. Well, here you go. NetSuite by Oracle, the business management software that handles every aspect of business in an easy cloud platform. It is your one-stop shop for everything from sales to inventory to HR, anything you need, NetSuite by Oracle they have you covered. And right now, it's the number one, actually, cloud-based business system. And you can go to netsuite.com slash Karen, net, S-U-I-T-E, dot com, netsuite.com slash Karen. And you can get the free guide, Seven Key Strategies to Grow Your Profits, at netsuite.com slash Karen. Download the free guide, Seven Key Strategies to Grow Your Profits, netsuite.com slash Karen. Robert in New York, you have a question for Dr. Soares? Hey. Yes. Hey, yes. Good afternoon to everyone. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. You can hear me? Yes, yes, sir. Yes. I am very, very excited. I'm very happy that this gentleman has done what he done for himself, the church, and the community. And I'm not even Christian. And I want to know what can I do to help be a part to help um, to help to be a part of the church and help the community. Well, you know, I'm glad you said that because, um, Karen, you know, that condominium development I showed you that's now a gated community that, people, that you were able controlled to get people, by drug yeah. dealers. Yes. No Christian organization helped us at the early stage. It was the Nation of Islam that partnered with our church to drive the drug dealers out of the neighborhood. I'm not so hung up on what you call yourself. I'm more concerned about what you do with yourself. And I think wherever you are, there's a church that's doing tutoring. There's a church that's doing outreach to the homeless. You know, connect yourself with people, not based on what they call themselves, but based on who they really are. And the helping. work that they're doing. Too. Right. So the condo, and let's get to that, too, because everyone should have dignity and, and be able to afford where they mm-hmm. live. We were talking mm-hmm. about that, too. Like, there's some outrageous rents in yeah, certain places, and yeah. it's time for us to start to think about relocating and doing that. Tell them a little bit about the condo um, associate, uh, the condo. Yeah, there was a condominium project right in the middle of our neighborhood that was designed to bring middle-income people back to the hood. And the developer not only stole the money but went bankrupt. And then the bank took it over and the bank went out of business. So now the federal government owned it and it turned into a slum. You, you, people were buying condos, two and three bedroom, for $25,000 and renting them to Section 8 tenants for $1,800 a month. And so we, 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 of course, came against that. I physically brought the governor 
into a crack house that was in that development to convince her to use state resources to help us take it over. The owner, the managing partner working for the government agency, would not work with us. And so we found out he wasn't paying his taxes, as most slumlords won't do. We took money from the state, bought the tax lien, started foreclosure proceedings, and brought him to his knees. We took it over. We had to drive out the drug dealers. We moved all of the tenants who were renting in that development into hotels. We did complete renovations of all the units. We prepared them for home ownership. We got the mortgages and moved people back into brand new condos, two and three bedrooms, sixty-five, $85,000 per house. And they paid $800 a month for mortgage taxes and insurance where they were paying $1,800 a month for rent and they all became homeowners. That's what I'm talking about. It's called the Hampton Club and we're going to document that and show people how to do it. And you can get uh, inspired on Sunday right here on Urban View. Channel 126, he kicks off the lineup, the Sunday lineup that also includes Next Nation, which is Sylvia's show at noon. and 7 o'clock, right? I come on at 7 o'clock. Yeah, and you repeat. I don't know all of the no, time. No, I come on at 6 o'clock. 6? I come on at 6 a.m. because I hear it on my way to church. Okay, I'm going to have to And I come that, back on at 2 p.m. Yeah, right. somebody wrote yeah, us and said it's, it's too change. early. Yeah, it is too early. <laughs> but that's why we have On Demand. So you can even hear last week's show that's true. on the app. Uh, and get the book, Say Yes When Life Says No. And get the book, Say Yes to No Debt too because that's important right. and sign up for the the, the billion, billion billion dollar, dollar get challenge out of debt. yeah and set your debt reduction goals and celebrate your progress you're doing a lot um and i can't thank you enough for but your it's service. all focused on solutions yeah no, i know i'm not doing different things no I'm doing, no, no you're I'm doing, doing a lot for a lot of people i believe in solving problems and not just describing problems this man should be a household name y'all gotta spread the word 